Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message from the Nichols Road Campus. For more info, look us up at newdaycommunity.org. Praise the Lord. I am so thankful to be a part of this church, and I'm thankful to be a, a group of people who uh, are excited about celebrating Jesus. That's what we're doing for like the whole month. We just It's not just a day. We're just going to take the whole month. We're going to do it every year. It's wonderful. Um, we're talking about the songs of Christmas, and you, immediately our minds go to like, oh, Christmas carols, just sing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, that sort of thing. Um, that's <laughs> not the songs we're talking about. We're actually going through um, the songs that are found um, in the Gospels. Um, people broke out into song um, in the Bible, and we're going through each one of them uh, today. Um, but if your family was to read the Christmas story... Where would you turn? Where is Luke? Luke, Luke two, right? Luke chapter two. When we were growing up, um, our family um, would uh, uh, we would all travel to um, our our mecca for our family, which was Columbus, Ohio, where I was born, um, and uh, we would uh, we would all stay in uh, in all the guest rooms and the basements and on the couches in my grandparents' house, and on Christmas morning, all of the all of the children uh, would wake up early and ask the same question over and over and over again. Um, uh, it was, when are we going to open presents? When are we going to open presents? When, when, when? Is it time to open presents yet? Um, and it, that Christmas morning took so, so long to get everyone awake and dressed and fed and settled with their coffee in hand. And as a child, this is a very difficult thing to wait for. Um, and the last thing that we had to wait for um, was my grandfather would open up his large Bible um, and we would read Luke chapter 2, the story of Christmas, the Christmas story. Um, and uh, have you ever thought it was strange that the Christmas story starts in chapter 2? Like That's usually not where things begin, right? Um, today we're investigating. What is in Luke chapter 1? What have they been hiding? Inquiring minds want to know. <laughs> exactly. Right? Is it, is it just a list of genealogies like Matthew chapter 1? Or is there secret Christmas stuff in Luke chapter 1? I'll give you a hint. It's secret Christmas stuff. It's cool. <laughs> All right. Luke chapter 1, uh, if you want to open up your Bibles today, we're going to go through like all 76 verses. It's great. Here we go. <laughs> um, it begins with a description, not of Mary and Joseph, but of these people named Zachariah. Everybody say Zachariah. And his wife, Elizabeth. That's it. Those are the, those are the two people we're looking at today. Um, Zechariah was a priest um, from a rural town, basically the equivalent of today's rural pastor, right? Um, kind of farming community um, pastor, kind of out in the middle of nowhere. Um, and he lives with his wife, Elizabeth, who is descended from Aaron, the first priest. Um, so she comes from a long line of ministers. Um, and this, when the story begins, they are already very old, um, which in those times means older than 50 years old. Um, 
ancient. No. <laughs> um, and they don't have a child because Elizabeth is barren. She cannot have children. And this is not good news. The Christmas story starts with not good news. <laughs> and it's not good news for many reasons. Um, and the le not the least of which is the older generation in that culture depended on the younger generation to take care of them, right? If you had children, you raised your children, you take care of them, and then it flipped. And in your old age, your children would take care of you, right? That's <laughs> a pretty good idea. They don't have any children, and they're grieved. They're grieved, Scripture says, because of this. Um, the Bible also says they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commands and statutes of the Lord. So this is Elizabeth uh, and Zechariah are an old, sad couple, right? They're very poor, and they're living a simple life of faithfulness to the Lord right? Um, the world would look at them and turn their nose up at them, at their situation, right? They're nothing special, right? Um, and, but we'll see today, God is going to look at them with favor. Zechariah is one of 18,000 priests at this time. Um, each of these priests was split up into 24 divisions. So you are a member of one of the 24 divisions, um, and so uh, each division had about 750 priests, and each of these divisions would travel uh, twice a year for a week to Jerusalem, and they would serve at the temple. From wherever they are in, in Israel, they would go and they would serve at the temple in Israel. Um, and so it is, it's Zechariah's turn. He's in Jerusalem um, at the time, serving at the temple. And each morning and each evening, these 750 priests would cast lots for to see whose job is what. And certain people would be um, uh, preparing lampstands and offering sacrifices. And um, just one, uh, one of the priests in the morning and one of the priests in the evening would be called on to uh, bring, go into the temple, which is a really big deal, and put incense on the altar and to pray. How big a deal was this? Like one person in 750, and as soon as you did it, that was it. You weren't allowed to do it again. Like you got one, one chance maybe in your whole life to do this. And the lot falls to Zechariah today, an old priest who's been waiting his whole life for this, right? So I, this is, a, this is a, big, a big deal. Um, and here's the truth. This was not chance that brought Zechariah into the temple, right? Scripture says in Proverbs, the lot is cast into the lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord. And we know that the Lord brought Zechariah into the temple that day. Um, so he goes inside and an angel appears. Gabriel appears and begins to speak with Zechariah. And this is, a, we, we read through scripture and there's like angels on every page. Like, this is like, so what? You know, like this happens all the time, right? Um, this was the first time that the voice of the Lord had been heard for 400 years. 400 years of prophetic silence on the earth, right? This is shocking. This is a big deal. 
Uh, this is what the angel says. Do not be afraid. Of course, that's the first thing any angel says to anyone is don't be afraid. Um, we don't know what the angel looks like. Uh, Might have been one of the ones with, you know, wheels within wheels or eyeballs or what. I don't know what Gabriel looks like. Um, don't be afraid, <laughs> Zachariah. Um, for your prayer has been heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you will call his name John. Your prayer has been heard. Zechariah, you're a man of righteousness. You're a man of blamelessness. You've been praying to the Lord for a son. And now you're old. And you've probably stopped praying for a son at this point. Right? Um, but the angel of the Lord is saying, now the Lord is going to grant you your request. The Lord's going to give you the desire of your heart. And this is good news, right? This is the sort of good news that you'd want to tell everybody about, right? Um, the angel says, and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord, right? This is good news. The baby's going to be great before the Lord. Being great before the Lord is different than being great before men, right? When we think about great, we think about people that have money and power and position and fame and popularity and social media followers and, you know, great people are the ones that achieve greatness, right? They win elections, right? They achieve positions of power. Their salary goes up, right? Like these are great people in the eyes of man. But who is the angel talking about? Is he talking about a king or something like that? No, he's talking about John the Baptist. John the Baptist. This is the messenger that was foretold by that last prophet, Malachi. 400 years ago. Um, he's going to be the messenger that's going to prepare the way for the Lord. Here's a few highlights from John the Baptist's life. Um, this is a prophet that's going to foretell the coming of the Messiah and um, prepare the way for him. When asked, John, who are you? Are you this person? Are you that person? He says, he quotes Isaiah here. I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. Right? And then he tells people, after me comes one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie. I am not worthy to untie the shoes of the person I'm preparing the way for. And then when Jesus revealed himself um, and people started following Jesus, and people started talking to John the Baptist and like, hey, um, aren't you a little worried? People are, you know, following Jesus and they're not really listening to you anymore. Um, he says, he must become greater and I must become less. This is what greatness looks like before the Lord, right? To live your life as a signpost that points to Jesus. That's greatness. That's greatness. And then when Jesus shows up, he just steps out of the way so he can get all the attention. All right, back to Luke, Luke chapter one. Zechariah hears all of this, this good, good news. And he says, how can I be sure of this? How am I going to know that this is a for sure thing, right? That I can actually tell people about this, right? Um, I don't want to be telling people my wife is going to be pregnant and look like an idiot, right? Like that's what he's worried about. You know, like, I, I don't want to look like a fool here. Um, and then the angel says, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. These are good credentials here, right? 
I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. What more do you want? You're looking for proof here. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until this day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. There you go. So Zechariah is unable to speak for the next nine months, right? <laughs> this is crazy. We're going to move on. Elizabeth conceives a child. And then she says, she rejoices. The Lord has done this for me, she says. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. Elizabeth is dealing with shame, right? Elizabeth is dealing with this feeling of being disgraceful because she's old and she does not have a son. She doesn't have a child. Um, people are thinking, oh, you, you don't have a child. I wonder what you did to make the Lord angry at you, right? The thing, people are looking at her and going, what's wrong with you, right? They're saying, you're getting old and you have no children to take care of you in your old age. That's disgraceful, right? You're going to have to beg. You're going to have to receive charity. You're going to have to, you know, that's, it's disgraceful, right? I have good news for you today. If you are feeling shame for whatever reasons, from accusations, from voices in your head of, of, um, of condemnation, the Lord wants to take away your disgrace. The Lord wants to take away your shame, right? Whether you inflicted it on yourself or other people inflicted it on you, whether it's something you did, whether it's something that was done to you, the Lord wants to take away your shame, right? Jesus came, right? And took not just the sin, but the shame upon himself. He went to the cross scorning its shame, right? He went willingly and took that shame. And now he's the lifter of your head. He's the comforter and he can take away your disgrace. All right. Meanwhile, while this is happening, Elizabeth is pregnant. Mary gets her own visit from the angel Gabriel who delivers very similar news. Hey, you are in a situation where you really shouldn't be pregnant, right? You're not old, but like you're on the other end of the spectrum, right? You're a virgin. You're not married, but guess what? You're going to get pregnant too. You're going to have a miraculous birth. You can't be a Christian and not believe in miracles. It's part of the package, right? We have a miraculous faith. <laughs> it's true. Um, Gabriel gives uh, a prophecy to Mary that goes like this. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. Right? So what's the spotlight on here? Right? The spotlight is on the faithfulness of God and the power of God to fulfill his word. Right? That is the point. Uh, it's not on the believing heart of Mary, and it's not on the unbelieving heart of Zechariah. Like the spotlight here is on the faithfulness of God. All right, the next thing that happens is uh, Mary travels about 100 miles to go visit her relative. Because, I mean, the angel just said, like, Elizabeth, you're having a child. I'm having a child. This is weird. I'm going to go visit, right? Makes sense. And this is what Luke 1 says. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. 
and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, right? When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you begin to praise the Lord and you begin to prophesy. This is important. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you begin to praise and you begin to prophesy, speak out his words. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Right? Elizabeth has this supernatural knowledge about the baby that is in Mary's womb. Right? Like this is this is awesome. This is the Holy Spirit in giving her words to say and inciting her heart to rejoice. Right? And the six-year-old, the, the six-month-old baby in her womb is leaping for joy because of the presence of the Messiah. Psalms 8 says, Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger, right? We, we know God can fight whatever battles he wants and he's going to be victorious and he doesn't need us at all, but he loves to use children to establish strongholds of praise and of faith, right? It's so cool. The day my daughter was born was the most profound day of my life. And my heart made so many promises to this small child, right? Babies are testimonies to the goodness of God, right? They're strongholds against doubt and unbelief, right? Because they're miracles. They are miracles. And they're evidences of fulfilled promises. It is awesome. That's why the enemy hates babies you know, and seeks to destroy them, right? Happened in Exodus. It's about to happen in a couple of months with Herod, right? Children are testimonies to the glory of God just by existing, just the fact that they exist. So cool. All right, next in Luke 1, Mary bursts out into song, right? She's filled with the Holy Spirit and she starts praising the Lord with song. And, and Kathy spoke on that last week, um, check that out if you missed it. It's fantastic. Um, and then after that, Elizabeth gives birth to her child. And all her f- neighbors and her family are there celebrating with her. Um, and they're starting to call the baby, oh, that's little Zachariah Jr., right? Because that's, that's your father's name, right? And, and Elizabeth is like, no, 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 no. His name is John. Everybody's like, why do you call him John? Nobody in your family is named John? We've never heard of this. John, right? And (laughs) check out this faith. Zachariah takes out a piece of paper and just scribbles out, his name is John, (laughs) and hands it to everybody, right? And with that act of obedience, Zachariah's mouth is opened, and he's filled with the Holy Spirit. And guess what he he begins to do? He begins to praise and prophesy, just like Elizabeth, just like Mary. Um, We're going to go through this. Um, This is Zachariah's song that was written down. Yeah, I know. We're just going to read it right off the page here. Um, (laughs) No, this is actually written at the um, uh, the church of St. John. Um, 
and this is, yeah, Zachariah's song here. Um, it's known by the church historically as the Benedictus. Um, it was added to the Book of Common Prayer as something that the church should repeat, something that we should pray, something that we should continue to, to sing out. Um, but here it is in English. <laughs> All right, so we're going to read it uh, twice here. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And then he turns to his baby son and begins to sing to his new child. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the most high. For you will go on before the Lord to prepare a way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the path of peace, right? For 400 years, generations on generations on 16 generations of people here the voice of the lord has been silent but now it's bursting forth from every willing voice right zachariah's voice mary's voice elizabeth's voice gabriel's voice right every mouth in this whole story is opening up and it's preaching the gospel right hope is here salvation is here strength and power is here forgiveness is here right people think that the gospel was only preached like after jesus came died rose again right no no this is the gospel right here right hope has come hope has come let's take a moment to read through this slowly there's two parts of the song here and the first half's not about the miracle of zachariah's son you would think after seeing this miracle, like that would be the first thing, right? But this is evidence that the Holy Spirit is speaking through Zechariah, right? That the spotlight is not on John, right? But the spotlight is on Jesus. And that's, that's really the point of a miracle, right? Signs and wonders are not primarily for our benefit, are not for our enjoyment or entertainment, Right? Signs and wonders are pointed towards Jesus and are supposed to pull us closer to him. If, if a sign doesn't pull us closer to him, if a miracle, it just makes us go, ooh, ah, right? We've missed the point of it. It's wasted. All right. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed him. Uh, the God of Israel does mean the nation of Israel, but it also means the God of the person of Israel, who's the grandson of Abraham, right? This is God fulfilling his promise to bless the entire world through the, the line of Abraham, through Abraham's descendants. God is fulfilling his oath to his people. 
he has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. The horn is the symbol of strength and of power here. Um, And these are familiar words to everybody who's listening. Um, Psalms 18 says, I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold, right? Zechariah here is proclaiming that God has come, right? This is not just a help for Israel. This is the help. This is the foretold help. This is God in the flesh. As he said through his holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. There are hundreds and hundreds of prophecies about Jesus in the Old Testament. Zechariah is saying all of those are coming to pass before our very eyes. Like this is the moment. Um, and I, um, I shared this at the beginning of the year. I'd like to go over it again. Um, these are just a couple of the prophecies that are in scripture about Jesus. It is prophesied that Jesus will be born in Bethlehem. He's coming from the tribe of Judah, being a descendant of David, that he would have a virgin birth, that he would flee from Egypt, preceded by John the Baptist, performing miracles, speaking in parables, that he'd be a stone that causes people to stumble, that he'd be despised and rejected, that he'd proclaim freedom to the captives. He'd draw all people to himself. It's riding on Jeru- to, into Jerusalem on a donkey and betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. These are specific, real specific. None of his bones would be broken. Cast, people would cast lots for his garments, that he'd be quiet before his accusers, that he was wounded for our sin and whipped for our healing, abandoned by his friends, that he would ascend into heaven that he would give gifts to his people, that he would conquer death, and that he would usher in a new covenant, right? And there are hundreds more very specific prophecies about Jesus. This is a big moment here. This is why we celebrate this. Back to the song here. To show mercy to our ancestors. This is why. This is why God sent Jesus. To show mercy to our ancestors. To remember his holy covenant the oath he swore to his father, Abraham, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all of our days, right? This is the reason that we have Jesus. Number one, to fulfill his oath, right? He does it because God said he would, right? Elizabeth, the name Elizabeth means God's oath. And it gets crazier. Zachariah's name means the Lord remembers. It's like, this is the point of their life is to tell this story right here, right? There was a prophecy and God's fulfilling it right now. Like, this is it. They are the signpost, right? They are the ones that are great in the sight of the Lord because they're signposts to the Lord. The second reason for salvation here is so that people can serve the Lord without fear, right? This isn't so that the nation of Israel can rise up and rule the whole world, right? It's not so that everyone can be wealthy and strong, right? The reason for the salvation of the Lord is so that people can serve the Lord in fear, uh, without fear and in holiness and in righteousness, right? 
Um, scripture says the call of the Lord is to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with, your, with the Lord. Like what more does the Lord ask of you than to just, just walk with him, right? Walk with him, right? And now we can, right? Because Jesus has reconciled God and man. We can be with God again. After Zechariah has prophesied about Jesus, he begins to sing about his son. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare a way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine. Who's the rising sun here? Jesus, right? The rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death. He will guide our feet into the path of peace, right? Zechariah is spelling out the gospel here so clearly, right? This is obviously good news. Knowledge of salvation, forgiveness of sins, the tender mercy of God, right? Light to those living in darkness, life to those living in death, right? The path of peace instead of walking in fear. Like that is the gospel. That's the good news, right? All right, so what can we take away from this story in Luke 1? Number one, those are all supposed to be on different slides. Sorry. <laughs> Number one, God is sovereign. God is sovereign. He's in charge of all of his people at all times in all places. He's in charge of every nation on the earth, everything that has breath. He's in charge of every event, every circumstance, every roll of the dice, right? God is sovereign and nothing takes him by surprise, right? He determines everything. Number two, doubt is not a virtue. Doubt is not a virtue. Faith is the virtue, right? Do we have a voice of doubt in our hearts that needs to be silenced today, right? Do we have a voice inside of us that <laughs> the angel of the Lord just needs to close, close that voice, right? We, we've been given the message of the gospel and it's our responsibility to believe it, right? We talk all the time about preaching it, about it's your responsibility to spread the gospel. Let's start with believe it, you know? Let's start with have faith and believe it, right? And you're accountable to believe the gospel just like Zachariah was accountable to believe the voice of, of the Lord. Number three, Jesus is the main point. Jesus is the main point. He's the main point of the Old Testament, of all the prophets, right? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, the whole thing, right? He's the, he's the message of the angels. He's the message of the song of Zechariah. Even while Zechariah is talking about John, he's really talking about Jesus, all the things that Jesus is going to bring. Zach, Jesus is the main point, and he should be the main point of our lives too, Right? Here's the question. When the Lord blesses you, does that blessing turn in to praise, to evangelism, to talking about the Lord, right? Or does the, do the blessings that God gives us distract us from the main point, right? Are we so caught up in all of the things that the Lord has given us that are good, good, good things, right? That we forget that the, the main point is that God is good, 
right? I want to have the heart of Zachariah, like when I'm holding a miracle baby and I'm giving all the praise and the glory to him, right? Um, number four, filled people praise and prophesy. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, it happens every time in Scripture. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you praise and you prophesy, right? When was the last time the Holy Spirit filled you and you gave praise and your mouth opened up and you started speaking the words of the Lord, right? The prophet Joel says in the last days, his spirit would be pulled out, poured out on all flesh, right? We're not in a time of 400 years of silence anymore. This is good news, right? His spirit has been poured out on all flesh, right? We saw it starting in Acts chapter two, right? This is good news. All flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, right? So that can happen like today. I don't mean like today, like this year. I'm talking about like today, the 18th of December, you know? Like you can go home and ask the Holy Spirit, God, fill me, and then open up the word of God and just start prophesying to your home, and to your family. Speak the words of the Lord. Say, salvation is here. Hope has come. The path of peace is available to walk. You can do that today. That's the most appropriate thing you could spend your time on. All right, let's stand and pray together. Father God, we celebrate Jesus. We celebrate the gift that is your son come here to reconcile us, to bring us back to you. We thank you for that hope that you've given, Lord. God, today we ask that you would silence the voice of our doubt. God, silence the part of our heart, God, that doesn't want to believe or is worried about looking like a fool. God, that you would, you would help us to have faith in you and to believe the message of the gospel and then live out the message of the gospel. God, I ask that you would fill your church with your Holy Spirit. God, that we would praise and we would prophesy. God, that we would speak to an unbelieving world, the voice of the Lord. God, that many would come to believe in you, that everything that has breath would praise you. May we point people to Jesus. God, when we receive your grace and your mercy, may we be vocal about it. God, not just appreciating the help or thanking you, Lord, God, but telling other people about your goodness. God, as you pull our own hearts to you, as you build faith in our own hearts, God, we ask that we would be willing vessels, God, for the message of the gospel. We would be joyful, God, and we would overflow with praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, um, I just, you know, so good. You know, Zechariah, Mary, the prophets, they all knew the Bible. They knew the word of the Lord. Do you know the word of the Lord? Is it in you that you can prophesy it? Is it in you that you can demonstrate it to the people around you? You have an opportunity to join us in the new year with a new Bible reading plan. We have an even better opportunity for you to really seek the Lord by doing 21 days of prayer and fasting starting on January 2nd. And really, if you're like, I just don't know 
this is an opportunity. You know, it starts today. We're going to give you a, a jump start because <laughs> prayer and fasting does that. And it's not easy, but it's good. It's really good. So, um, amen.